Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It is Saturday. No, I'm sorry. Already I failed. It's Sunday, September 23rd, and it is our second worldwide open reading. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Rick Lupert. I am the person behind the Poetry Superhighway, perhaps the person under the Poetry Superhighway. I'm not exactly sure. Um, and I invite you to call in now and read your poetry to uh, the worldwide audience listening now even as I speak. We have no content or style restrictions to our poetry. Reading, depending on how many people call you, might be able to read several poems. Um, to call in to read your poetry, just dial area code 646-716-7362. And uh, I will be happy to put you on the air and hear uh, hear your poetry. Um, also, you can connect with me on AIM Instant Message, AOL Instant Messenger. My screen name there is Rick Poet. If you want to uh, say hi or uh, do anything of that sort, please uh, feel free to do that now during the live show. Um, I hope to have some people who were recent featured poets of the week on the Poetry Superhighway join us um, shortly. I'm waiting for those folks to call in. Um, in the meantime, I want to let you know uh, a few of the things that are happening on the Poetry Superhighway, and I'm going to read a couple of poems as well. First of all, I want to thank the many, many, many people who recently entered the uh, 10th Annual Poetry Superhighway Contest. So far, uh, with paid entries, we have uh, over 450 entries, and all of that $1 per poem entry fee is going to be divided up between the top three scored poems. So we have three judges who are busily scoring the poems, uh, P.B. Rippey, Catherine Gordon, and Steve Norwood, all of whom live in uh, different parts of North America. And uh, they've been working very, very hard, so thank you guys very much for all that work you have done. Um, and uh, the deadline's actually closed, so don't, uh, don't enter any more poems. You can't. Um, but we still have a, a few entry fees uh, that were postmarked by tomorrow coming in, so uh, or by yesterday that is. So um, we uh, uh, that uh, entry, f- uh, the count of poems which are entered uh, definitely will go up by the time all is said and done. Um, so get this: if you've entered the contest, we are going to announce the winners first on the next broadcast of Blog Talk Radio of PS- PSH Live, and that is going to be on Sunday, October 7th, uh, two weeks from today, also at 2 o'clock. So if you want to know first who won the contest, um, we're going to try to figure out a way to get, them, get the winners on the phone. I don't know that that's humanly possible to not reveal who won the contest, yet also have them live on the radio when, uh, when we announce that they won, but I'm sure going to try. Anyway, um, please call in. Uh, it is an open reading, and uh, you are invited to read your poetry. Just uh, call in at 646-716-7362, and I will be happy to uh, put you on the air. Um, before I get to the first uh, caller, I would like to uh, start out with a poem. This is uh, from William Carlos Williams, a poem by William Carlos Williams. Um, he um, wrote this poem called This Is Just to Say, and just to reveal where uh, I got this uh, from. Uh, the very uh, This came from the September 18th Poem of the Day calendar, which I have. So uh, that's kind of a cool thing to have, just rip off a page. And there's a new poem, because God knows I don't get enough poetry and email from all you people to read. So anyway, this is, this is Just to Say by William Carlos Williams. I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox, and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me, they were delicious, so sweet and so cold. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for all that applause. That's wonderful. Um, All right, so um, our first caller is uh, from the 310 area code, 310387. Are you here? I am here, Rick. Hello, and who am I talking with? This is Eric Steiniger. How are you? Hey, Eric. How are you doing? I'm well. Great. Thanks for calling in. So I've got one for you today, inspired by a recent uh, trip to New Jersey with my girlfriend. Going crabbing in New Jersey is to be naked outside. The sky is so big with the lake sun on top of you, only thin lines stand out. Our safe cruiser is canvas, 
my stark differential driven by crabbing, having the brain on Barnegat Bay. We throw fishhead spears overboard to entice the crabs. It wouldn't matter if fish heads were whales, crabs would still eat them. A crab is an army alone. The world wronged them some years ago. They're still pissed. Of course, from my side, participation is limited. My girlfriend's family informs crabbing is a lot of waiting as each proceed to pull up some claws. It could be the position of the line, so I make my arm branch, hand far from the boat to drop bait. Maybe I need Harbor Master Fran Temme. Maybe I need to focus on eight white legs. Legends don't need maps. If he were here, crabs would leap into my bucket. Like those projectile crabs, his hands have dried up. He used to carve birds for the locals. Does my life depend on where I am? I think it's propelled by words and auditions, and also that water is a buffer that messes with our instincts. I'm more of a mountains person. Fran Temme's hands are ineligible. The causeway tells stories of sandbars, catapulting the unlucky. What does the artist do on vacation away from his toys? Goes with it. Surely this bay water contains enough interested fish for my journal. Tomorrow we're going to an orchard that has seen the 19th century with my girlfriend that loves me and smiling relatives that line up lobster for meals. Put it away, Steiniger. Words stay written. Art is a tattoo. Yes to all of it. Captain Kathy means well as putting aside her paranoias to chart our course while Letty is mother to the yacht club, even off-season. Kat and I sit close together. Her gold-spun hair always excites. I live here now, on a boat, our eight white legs bronzing under huge tracks of New Jersey sky, eavesdropping on our conversations. Thank you, Rick. Wow, thank you. That was excellent. Um, <laughs> I, I pointed this out last time. I, you know, it, It's always strange... Um, uh, on the phone here that there isn't like an audience applauding at the end. So, uh, but I trust that um, there are people applauding all over America and the world at that point because that was that was a great great poem. So many cool things. I love the idea of the crabs just jumping up. Like here I am, you know, we're in the bucket now. I'm we're, into we're, my bucket. <laughs> um, if only uh, you know acquisitions were so easy. Um, exactly right. So you live in uh, Southern California. I do. I live in Santa Monica. Um, I'm actually on my way to uh, the Playhouse right now. I'm doing a play, but I wanted to call in and and put in my two cents for your for your podcast. You're not reading a poem while driving, are you? Uh, no, I don't have a car. Actually, I just uh, walking. Oh well, that's, that's good. You're, you're saving the planet and um, and increasing the the artistic uh, sensibility. <laughs> of the world at the same that's time. that's the aim, I guess. Cool. Well, I, I wanted to mention if you want to um, see more of Eric's poetry that uh, you, Eric, were a featured Poet of the Week um, August 27th to September 2nd. And so if you go to PoetrySuperHighway.com, click on Past Poets of the Week, and you can read um, a, how many poems do you have up here? A couple more poems from you. Um, do you have another one you want to share? Um, I think that's going to do it, Rick, but uh, thank okay. you for, for having me on. Cool. Well, you know, I host a reading here in Southern California on Tuesdays at the Cobalt, so you should definitely, if, if you can, uh, uh, come out some night. Yeah, I would, uh, I'm would. i definitely going to do that. Cool. Thanks for calling in, Eric. Thanks, Rick. Take Have care. A good one. Bye now. All right. That was our uh, first open reader for today, Eric Steiniger, again uh, from uh, Santa Monica and a recent past poet of the week on the Poetry Superhighway. Um, please call in and share your work. Uh, the... Uh, number to call in is area code 646-716-7362. Anyone can call in. You don't have to be a former featured poet of the week. You don't have to... Um, you could have written your first poem uh, 10 minutes ago and call in and, and read that. We really have no limitations. We we want to expose as, uh, as much poetry to the rest of the world as possible. Um, that is the uh, mission of the Poetry Superhighway. So... Call in, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, let's see. I've got, um, I believe I have Diane Dees on the line. Is that uh, correct? Hold on a sec. Are you there, Diane? I'm here. Cool. Welcome aboard. Thanks. Nice to talk to you. You too as well. Where Where are you from? I'm in Louisiana. Louisiana. Um, how are things in Louisiana these days? Wet. <laughs> 
hurricane wet or just typical rainy? No, we didn't get it. It went east, but it's still pretty damp here. I'm north of Lake Pontchartrain, so it's pretty wet. (laughs) Okay, I'm... Uh, must admit, I I don't know where Lake Pontchartrain is. That's the big lake uh, in the north of New Orleans. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, welcome welcome aboard, Diane. Thank you. Um, and uh, would you like to share a poem with us? I would. Okay. I'm going to read. I dreamed we bombed California. <laughs> I'm not sure I can allow that. To be quite honest. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. I dreamed we bombed California. We had no choice. Activist judges, leather daddies, atheists, and intellectuals plotted against us, planting ideas in suitcases, hiding ideology in train stations, filling cargo holds with syllogistic process, lesbians and movie stars packing loaded paragraphs, formed cells from Santa Rosa to San Diego. Inspectors entered, but repelled by gay pride and geopolitical syllabi, were forced to cover their eyes and ears and flee across the border. Congress, in its wisdom, voted to fight them in San Francisco so that we do not have to fight them over here. After we dropped the final bomb, when Berkeley and Hollywood were reduced to rubble, the people showed no gratitude but rather complained because they had no coffee shops, no libraries, no art museums. In my dream, people ask, will we ever leave California? The answer, not as long as there are insurgents armed with poetry, art history books, and copies of the Constitution. Well, I have very mixed emotions about that, (laughs) Diane, being, you know, Hollywood adjacent and all, and uh, having kind of a fondness for San Francisco. Uh, um, You may have offended our entire state. (laughs) But a wonderful, wonderful piece. Um, I, I guess I'm one of those armed insurgents. Uh, well, me too. Being involved with the uh, poetry scene here. Exactly. Um, do you? Um, are you? Uh, uh, do you go to readings in um, in uh, in Louisiana? Oh, I wish. Um, it's a big hassle to go across the lake to New Orleans, and the only reading we have here is monthly. And I have to confess, I've never been to it. Have you ever participated in in that kind of scene anywhere? Um, no, I never have. Well, it's a great thing to do. I, I say this all the time at the Cobalt where I, I host, you know, where a lot of people end up reading for the for the first time or showing up to their first reading. It's um I think it's it's it kind of benefits you as an artist in a number of ways. You know, if if you've never had an an audience before, you know, or someone to share your work with in person, um th- there's a really interesting kind of way to to gauge how it's being received by other people when when you're reading it live in front of them in in the exact way that it's intended to be heard? Unfortunately, when I lived in the city, I wasn't writing poetry. I started writing it when when I moved out to this sort of nowhere land, you know. You uh, moved north of the lake to live deliberately, if I may. I'm afraid so, yes. (laughs) I'm afraid so. So... um, well, it's you know uh, they you, you should you know th- what you should do is just start a reading. That's true. I've thought about it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty bound- grim. It's pretty grim over here. But like I said, there is one reading a month, and I probably should go. And I figured you were going to ask me that, so maybe that will light a fire under me. <clears throat> well, we don't mean to burn you down, but yes, um, the lighting a fire indeed. We um, I I just think you know. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I ask that question to people when they call in is because I, I, you know, there might be someone living in your hometown who had no idea you lived there and who might not be aware that this one reading even exists. You know, and if we can kind of, you know, expand our community by sharing that information, then I well, if it's anyone a good thing. is listening, it is at the St. John Coffee House in Covington, and it's uh, monthly on what day of the week? Uh, it's on the third Sunday. Third Sunday. Do you know the time by any chance? I'm not sure if it's two or three. I think it's three. So show up early, have lunch, right. dwell over coffee while you're writing a poem, and then participate in the reading. Exactly. Do you? Uh, I also want to mention that uh, Diane, uh, you are a featured poet in August uh, as well, August sixth through twenty-sixth. Right. So anyone can can check out the two poems that you have online by clicking on Past Poets of the Week on the main Poetry Superhighway page. Um, do you, would you like to share some more work? I would. 
Cool. Well, before you do that, let me just remind everyone, um, we'd love to hear um, what you have to say. If, if anyone anywhere in the world listening um, right now has any poems, uh, please call in. The number is area code 646-716-7362. Um, wouldn't hurt if you instant messaged me on AOL AIM. My screen name there is Rick Poet, so I um, you know, can, you know, know, can don't have to reveal the first three digits of your phone number in order to, to figure out uh, who's on the air. But... Um, uh, um, so there you go. So, all right, Dan, let's hear what else you've got. I'd like to read. Laura Brown reads To the Lighthouse. In the library, shut away from the world, she touches books on the shelf, just as she did when she was a lonely, frightened child. The orpiment Canadian sun throws sparks of colored light across the window, and for a moment the beauty of it holds her still. She had not dared to read another of this English woman's books, this woman who saw into Laura's soul, who understood that it is possible to die. Emptied of everything, her husband, her son, Richie will understand someday, her baby, her right to live in a world where lawns are velvet carpet and women are born knowing how to please men and bake perfect cakes. She has already died. And so she reads of Mrs. Ramsey, who, like the lighthouse, is so illuminating, yet so inaccessible. Lily longs for the knowledge that is intimacy. Laura knows it cannot be attained. Once, on Vancouver Island, she saw heavy fog envelop the Race Rocks lighthouse. The foghorns blared, a warning that light is sometimes not enough. When the fog cleared... Laura saw the sea eating away the ground she stood on, and she knew that, as islands go, she was on solid ground. Again, the applause uh, comes in here. Um, Diane, wonderful work. Great to great to hear um, what you've got. What, you, what you're uh, you're such a wonderful writer. I mean, there's no secret why I picked you as a as a poet of the week. Thank you very much. Uh, a few weeks ago. Um, do you have your, um, I, I vaguely recall you have a, a blog or something that people could tune into? Well, I used to have a uh, uh, progressive social political blog, but it burned me out. So I do have a blog now, but it's women's professional tennis. <laughs> there's no poetry <laughs> on it. I, I think there's a large percentage of Poetry Superhighway live listeners who are women's professional well it's called women who serve <laughs> and it's at women who serve dot blogspot dot com <clears throat> women who serve dot blogspot dot com mm-hmm. cool so um people should check that out uh, just to, just to be clear to anyone who might not have heard that women who serve this is about tennis and women's professional else. tennis right <laughs> so there you go <laughs> excellent um do you, do you have one more you want to share i do i've got one more excellent I'm going to go formal on you, if you don't mind. It's I'm going time. to read a pantoum. Okay. For Rita Hayworth, armies have marched over you. Your thick black hair burned off your forehead. No one knows or cares about the pain. To be Margarita is simply not allowed. Your thick black hair burned off your forehead. The men are swarming all around you. To be Margarita is simply not allowed. You are the eternal love goddess now. The men are swarming all around you, but still you dance and dance and dance. You are the eternal love goddess now. Gilda, vixen, pinup, princess, drunkard, whore. But still you dance and dance and dance. A whirling, joyous dream of grace. Gilda, vixen, pinup, princess, drunkard, whore. So many different versions of you now. A whirling, joyous dream of grace, and suddenly everything has vanished. So many different versions of you now, but you have no idea who you are. And suddenly, everything has vanished. No one knows or cares about the pain, but you have no idea who you are, and armies have marched over you. Very nice. The pantoum, uh, I haven't written many myself, but it's one of those forms which uh, I think with the repetition of lines, it's it's almost it's almost playful the w- the way it the way yeah, it works. And, playful uh, and sometimes mesmerizing and hard to write. 
<clears throat> well, well, uh, apparently not for you because that was wonderful. So, um, uh, great job. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Um, call in on our on our next show. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, Diane, thanks again. Have a great rest of your uh, your day in Louisiana. Thank you, Rick, and I enjoy the show. Pleasure. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. All right, that was Diane Elaine Dees calling from Louisiana. She, uh, um, again, was a featured poet of the week in August um, of this year. And if you click on Past Poets of the Week, you can uh, read her work. She's got a couple poems on there that she she uh, did not uh, just read for us. So get some more from Diane. Um, she was actually featured the week before Eric Steiniger, who read um, right at the beginning of the show. I don't think Eric is listening because... Um, I believe he's walking down the street in Santa Monica, probably without a computer, um, on his way to a play that he's uh, performing later this afternoon. So, gosh, I guess if you're uh, in Santa Monica, you can go and see Eric's play. And, uh, of course, I neglected to ask him where that was. So you may just have to wander around the streets of Santa Monica, kind of looking for venues where plays might be happening, and uh, then further see if Eric is on the bill of that particular one. Uh, you may want to get started now, um, or at least you know, right immediately at the end of the show, walk out the door so you can uh, you can you can find him. Um, however, if you're uh, not in Santa Monica, um, I do encourage you to call in and uh, and uh, share your poetry. It's an open reading. There's uh, there's no signups. It's just really a matter of you calling into the call in number. Um, the number is area code six four six seven one six. Seven three six two, and um, our next reader, I believe, is Beth Amato. Beth, are you here? Oh, I'm here. Awesome. How are you? But I, I'm gonna turn the sound off on the computer. Hi. That was a good thing Weird. to do uh, because it's yeah. a, a delayed thing, and and um, people's brains have actually been erased by uh, trying to listen to the live feed on the phone and the delayed feed on the computer. That would be bad because I'm yeah working. <laughs> yeah, we don't, I don't Many want you people to would be very mad. <laughs> have your brain erased and as well as, you know, piss off people at work. Yeah. <laughs> so excuse me, you're working on a Sunday. Um, I'm prepping on a Sunday. Yes, I am. Cool. Now I, I know you of course from Southern California, but I believe you're not in Southern California at the moment. I'm not, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Naturally. Of course. Um and what are you what are you Eric doing? Steiniger from here? <laughs> Is he? I don't know. He read a poem about Somewhere. being from New Jersey and uh and but lives in Santa Monica, you know. But his but parents live down south somewhere. Maybe it's here. Well, uh do you, do you want to go look for him? That would be hard. Okay, sorry. This isn't a chat show, is it? You want me to read something? <laughs> I I'm, I'm happy to to chat. Um, you know, it's uh this there's no f- formality to what we do here. I I'd, I'd like to find out why you're in North Carolina if you're willing to share that. Uh I'm uh, working on a movie. Um may we ask details of that or is that too Hollywood of a question that would turn off poets? I don't know. It's your audience. Well, uh, I, I guess I'm going to go ahead and ask, um, just you know, out of out of my own personal interest, and if and if anyone you know burns down their computer as a result and then sends hate mails, which I guess they would have to do before they burn down their computer, um, then I will I'll know for next time. <laughs> well, I I think what I know I can I'm pretty sure I can tell you it's in it's called April Fool's Day and there was a similar or a movie called April Fool's Day about. 20 years ago, I think, in the sort of horror genre that um, I think this is modeled on. I don't think it's exactly a remake, but I can't remember the original one. Don't tell anyone. So it could be a reimagination. Yeah, there you go. A reworking. <laughs> well, that, that's great because, you know, there are so few, you know, holidays left to, you know, apply <laughs> the horror genre to. I mean, Halloween obviously has been taken. Um you know, so I, I think it's time that we took April Fool's Day and and had a massacre, basically. Yes, and you know this will be available on April Fool's Day, or so the story goes. So. Fantastic. So, um, yes, we would love to hear um, hear something from you. Do you want to hear something old, or do you want to hear something new? I don't know. I just realized that you were on the air when I was working, so I was like, oh, I should check in with him. So. Um, 
What do you want to hear? Well, you know, I I would love to hear anything um, that you have, and you you know, the, you're potentially reading to an audience of people who've never heard any of your work before. So, I think you could pick anything you want, and it would be great. And and okay. you'll probably have the chance to do more than one thing. So, if you're if you're willing, so okay, one of each, you know. Okay. Um, well, I'm just in the middle of sort of writing this. I don't think it's done. I think it's not done. But anyway, I will read it. It doesn't have a name. Um, and the beginning is kind of... It was started out as a blog, and it turned itself into a poem. So I'm just going to read it as is. Oh, no disclaimers. Here we go. <laughs> we were shooting at this courthouse the other day, and then there's this monument out front. I go to check it out to see what kind of monument it might be, who it might be to, what's its history. It's a Civil War memorial to fallen soldiers. Names listed dates, 1861, 1862, names of Civil War soldiers, Confederate soldiers, those who died for their country, or did they die for our country? I'm so unsure as to how to feel. I want to throw up. I am nauseous at the thought of it. It feels like a slap in the face of democracy, of civil rights marches. But then, don't these boys deserve a monument too? Were they somebody's sons? Were they just boys? Likely so. Were they duped into protecting home, mothers, sisters, young pregnant wives by those who were protecting financial interest? Who were they? Do I know that they were active oppressors or even passive oppressors? No. All I know is names, dates, and that I have never lived on this side of the divide of the Civil War before, never looked Confederate ashes in the face. Races here cohabitate, not the way ours segregate. Shared histories cannot be denied. Shared futures inextricably intertwine. We like to forget sometimes that we are all related. But now I am south of the Mason-Dixon line. How do I reconcile my northern abolitionist upbringing, the traces of Africa that linger in my southern European lineage? Must we remember those who fought for lost causes, the ones who followed doomed leaders who marched backwards from evolution but who did it passionately, the ones who made it possible for the rest of us to progress? Is it ever right to curse the dead for dying for their beliefs? Are they better forgotten or needling collective memory so we don't scratch the tracks, skip beats, end up back where we started? It's just a statue, I try to say, outside a courthouse. Justice's home, reverberating inside my dumb echo, a line from my ancestor's poem, Abandon all hope, ye who enter. Perhaps we have created too many complexes of confusion for justice ever to be served. Certainly not hot like the circles of hell, not even revenge cold. Most likely justice will wait blind until engulfed in flames of ancient wars end up ash on a lawn where ground will be broken for monuments to the next millennia's fallen soldiers. Hmm. Well done. Let me ask you a question. You said at the beginning... Um, that you um, you were just in the process of writing this. So is it is are you still writing it or is it finished and you're going to be editing it or what do you, what does that mean? I never know. I I, mean, it's up, I put it up on my blog and then maybe people will say what they think of it and maybe I'll like I read it a lot out loud usually and then listen to it and look at it and move things around. Um, try to read it in front of people sometimes to just get a sense of it. I always find I get a different sense of pieces when there's other people listening. Um, and then I, I'm not so sure that, that that all the ideas I'm trying to express are, are clear in this piece, and I'm not sure they're clear to me yet. So I don't I don't think this is a finished piece. I think this is a, a, a work in progress. And I think the beginning um, needs work, and I think the end needs work, and I think the rhythm might need some work. So no, I don't think it's done. <laughs> Got it. Well, you know, it it's you started out uh you know, it it took you a few sentences to get into, you know, your you know, the rhythm of your reading. I noticed I mean it, it started out like you were just talking to us, mm-hmm. you know, the first couple lines and then you like really got into into your your style of of reading, I guess. Yeah, and I mean it started out as I just thought I was going to write this blog and then it turned itself into a poem. And I I mean that in that I'm writing and I'm you know, not doing line breaks or, or capitalization or any of that because I don't usually do that when I first write. And then all of a sudden, the line, you know, I started hitting the repeat space, and I'm like, oh, this seems to want to be a poem. I didn't really, I wasn't really going for that. And so then I have to go back through it and say, well, is it a poem, and how is it a poem, and 
what kind of poem is it, and, you know, does the introduction, is it just an introduction and it starts further down, or, you know, is it like a Jack Safer trick of, you know, he's going to talk us into the poem until we don't know we're in a poem, mm. um, which, you know, always was really powerful and effective when he did it. So Sort of a poetic fourth wall? That yeah, I mean... Well, he he kind of Jack. I don't know. I don't know if you you must have known Jack. Of yes, course. I saw him. Uh, I, I mean, for anyone else who might be listening, Jack Schaefer was a Los Angeles poet who passed away uh, recently, and he was beloved and uh, and a really wonderful reader and storyteller who was missed. And he always managed to start out a story as if he was just talking right to you, and you know, maybe 30 seconds or a minute or a minute and a half before he realized this wasn't just the story he was telling you. This was his story. This was his piece. This was his poem. And it, it was carefully crafted, and he had done it a 100,000 times maybe. But he always managed to bring you into it in a very conversational way. Yeah. So you think that, I mean, is that what you were going for? Is that what you realized that you had? Maybe? I think it might be what I realized I had, but I'm not sure that it works that way. Hmm. Interesting. So, do you 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 have a blog? I blog on MySpace. Yeah. My oh, okay. So, what, what's your MySpace? MySpace.com/slash/iamato. E-A-M-A-T-O. Cool. So, uh, Beth is definitely someone worth checking out, and is involved with a million different projects when she's not in North Carolina, um, putting them all on hold to work on a horror movie. Uh, <laughs> so she's definitely. Um, worth the way you say it makes it sound so. Hmm. Silly. Okay. <laughs> well, I, uh, everything that happens anywhere is silly. So, uh, but that I didn't mean to uh, to make it sound silly, as in that's silly. If that makes any sense. No, I'm not offended by it. I'm <laughs> not at all. I know. I I do. I know it's silly. As if there's a reality where um, you know anything could stop because one might have to go work on a horror movie in North Carolina. <laughs> You know, you wouldn't believe it, but there's about 20 people in this building whose reality is just that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nexus there for that. Yeah, it thing. is. <laughs> just be careful, people. You, you'll, you'll end up there. Um, you could end up in, in, in North Carolina making horror movies. <laughs> applying fake blood to something. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so um, you have something else you'll, you want to share? Oh, you want to hear something else? Okay. I'm well, before you do, I just uh, yes is is what I want to hear first. What is what? Wait, what do you want to hear first? I want to hear yes that you have something. Well, I have a lot of old pieces, certainly. Cool. So I definitely we definitely want to hear something, but let me just um, give out the phone number one more time, and and let people know what they can do to call in and participate. Um, you're listening, by the way, in case you just tuned in, and I don't know how you would not know what you were listening to since you had to go to the web page to. To, uh, to to tune in, but what the hell, this is what you do on radio, in quotes there, since this isn't even really radio. Um, it's just silly. Um, call in, uh, area code 646-716-7362. Um, I will see your number on my control panel, and that's how I'll know that you're you're there, and I'll put you on the air, and it'll be just like any other open reading that you participate in anywhere, or if you've never participated in an open reading, all the better, let this be your first um, and I'd be happy to uh, hear the poetry that you have. Um, if you want to instant message me, just to let me know that you're you're calling in and, and point out your phone number so I know who it is before I randomly stumble over number, n- numbers as if that's your name. My screen name on AOL Instant Message is Rick Poet. I'm talking with Beth Amato now. And Beth, you were going to share an old piece with us. Yeah, really old. I don't know how old it is. It's a few years old. Um, it's called Bar Marmont. Say it again? It's called Bar Marmont. See, I can't even say it. Bar Montmartre, like in France? Uh, no, Marmont, not Montmartre. Opposite. If you take the syllables and switch them, you get Marmont, like Chateau Marmont in L.A. Oh, I get it. Okay. Okay. Um, we don't have any restrictions on this, do we? None at all. I don't think there's anything in here, but you never know. Sometimes something comes out. Okay. Sweet and sexy, low down dancing as the music went slow. Where else could we go except to touching each other? Hands to hands, hands to shoulders, hands to waist, hands in crowded bar, drunken prying eyes everywhere upon us, but there. I feel so completely wrapped in you and me like there is nothing but warm air, gold light, dripping honey holding us to each. 
Eyes wide, arms written with forbidden around your neck. Feels like abandoned, so back down to your shoulders. But I felt how close to your heart I will be, so I slide them up again. Your skin silks and sides of my wrists, and we are a closed circuit. Our body is colluding on the two and the four. We are not syncopated. We are not contrapuntal. We are swimming through amber, solidifying this moment. My lips so close to yours, I feel here your breath amidst all this noise. Your forehead tilts, binds mine, and six eyes connect there, and everything is satisfied, yet still looking for more. My lips wondering if they might accidentally brush yours. Wondering, do you have a girl? Wondering, is forever too long to stay here? Getting to know. No words, just feel. No words, just beats. No words, just beats, heartbeat, beats, just beats, just melodious atmosphere of bronze aura, a full but empty bar and full but empty world we no longer inhabit because eyes closed, we are a sound touch system, oral pressure, and we move so well together, so well together, we just glide, notes just slide along my spine, our hands ride, caramel caresses. We are not crescendo. We are not thumping. We are glossing, glazing, icing, skating, fluid, single malt scotch down the esophagus the way it hits the stomach on a dark note so conscious of the trip the destination hits a surprise. I open my eyes to see, are you looking at me? But maybe I missed that chance glance, so I close them again and start wondering if I am making noise. If the satin sheets I am resting in emerge as sound in your register, is it all just breath and is it yours or is it mine and will our lips find each other and can we stay here forever and are we just drunk on exhaustion and alcohol or might this cold, this inlet be on the map tomorrow and will our lips touch by accident? Because on purpose would be wrong too soon. All these gossipy people in the room and because I don't know you the way I want to know you yet. But by accident, will they touch? Can they touch by accident on purpose? Touch before the song touch ends. Touch. The song ends. We're in a crowd Loud crowd, we are drowned out in eyes, hands, bodies, mouths, disconnecting drinks, brandished like rusty swords of romance. The loud crowd drowns out the sounds of our quiet breath. I'm trying to figure out how you can accidentally kiss someone. Oh, you know. I mean, you know, I've been at movies where, you know, the two hands, you know, uh, you know, sort of arrive in the popcorn at the same time, and then there's a moment, and, you know, eventually you're married uh, to that person. <laughs> Did you see uh, Diner? What's that? Did you see Diner? <laughs> I, I don't, is it, was that in Diner? I don't think so, it's not. Not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to go back and see that. <laughs> All right. Um, um, I don't know, maybe it's just wishful thinking. Well, you know, maybe you're, you know, on an escalator uh, and, uh, you know, something happens and you trip and flip through the air and your lips land on someone going up when you were going down. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like, you know, it becomes that, you know, peanut butter meets chocolate thing. You know, it's like, hey, wait, oh, hey, wait a minute. Well, I mean, if you're already next to somebody and you're dancing, your eyes are closed and, you know, you never know. You never do. You never do. That's why you should always wear protective gear at all times. Yes, lip gloss. <laughs> lip gloss, indeed. Well, I enjoyed that very much, Beth. You said that's a few years old? I think so. Yeah. Maybe maybe older. You never know. <laughs> you never do, I suppose. <laughs> you never know. Look at the date that you wrote it. but uh, I know, and I can't remember things when I'm just tired, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lackadaisical tired time on the uh, southern east coast. Yeah, it is. It's hot and humid too. So when um, you, I know you're involved in uh, in a bunch of things. I do have another caller I want to put on the air in a few minutes. But I, I, um, do do you want to share some of the things that you have coming up, or or is it all kind of on hold as you do this? No, it's not on hold. That's the hard part. Um, My venue that I host is the third Saturday of every month in Santa Monica, and it will be October fifteenth. Um, at Cafe Boulevard in Santa Monica, and nope, I lied. It will be October 20th at Cafe Boulevard in Santa Monica, and the features are Judah One and Mindy Netafee, mm. and uh, George McDonald will be guest hosting. And um, I'm also working on my book, so that should be hopefully coming out in 2007. Still. Cool. And one more thing, you were um, 
you were recently in the anthology His Rib, as I recall? Yes. Will you, can you tell us what that is and where people sure. can get it if they're interested? Yeah, uh, Penmanship uh, Publishing, which you can find on MySpace. Um, Mahogany L. Brown in New York edited the book and put it, you know, she put everything together and published it. Uh, it's an anthology of women writers, po- prose, poetry, essays. The writers are from all over the world. Some of the most amazing spoken word artists and poets that are, you know, writing today. Um, it's a great anthology. I feel really lucky to be a part of it. And uh, I know that they can get it probably through PoetCD.com, also through Mahogany's MySpace page, and through Penmanship Publishing's MySpace page. Yeah, and actually it was um, a, a featured book in the Poetry Superhighway Bookstore, so if you forget all that and you just go to, uh, that is you shouldn't forget it, but in case you do, you can always go to the Poetry Superhighway, click on Bookstore, and it is um, a recent uh, featured book, so uh, you know many ways to get to it. And thanks for featuring the book too. My, my pleasure, my pleasure, absolutely. And um, congratulations on being in it. Um, have fun in North Carolina making the movie. Thank you. Have fun making open mics online. <laughs> my pleasure. I, I will. Okay, cool. I, I am having fun. This is. We haven't talked on the phone, have we? I I don't think we have. Wow. I don't know that this counts, though, because this is a conversation being broadcast, you know, everywhere, possibly into outer space. Well, since no one has personal lives anymore, we only have lives for broadcast, I think it counts. (laughs) All right, well, then I'm (laughs) going to mark that down as having been accomplished. (laughs) But that is not to say that we we couldn't do it again if if the uh, the occasion arose. Thank you very much for uh, for calling in, Beth. Thank you. Have fun. Thank you, too. Bye. Okay. All right, that was uh, Beth Amato from uh, L.A., but um, calling in from North Carolina where she's working on a movie. She's a, a wonderful a spoken word artist and writer in general, I and mean, you should definitely um, check her out and hear more from her. I've got a couple more callers um, I'm going to put on the air right now. From I've got someone from the 818 area code on. Yeah, is that me? That is you. Oh, hey, hey Rick, this is Radomir. How's it going? Hey, Radomir, how you doing? Good, good. I just uh, got the little email about you doing this dig, this little ditty, so I decided to tune in. And not only did you tune in, it seems like you've called in as well. <laughs> yeah, I've tuned, I've called, and I wouldn't mind reading a poem that I just wrote, if that's okay with you all. That would be great. So wait, first tell us uh, tell us where you are. I, I happen to know you. Uh, I'm in North Hollywood, California, uh, the porno capital of the land. Well, isn't that the San Fernando Valley in general, or is that is that? Really uh, it seems to be like yes. The SF Valley in general seems to have the uh, largest, uh, mm, I'll say, unoccupied strippers and uh, uh, strip joints and just uh, nudity, as you will. Now, I'm all for nudity, and I'd like to hear your poem. But can you explain to me what an unoccupied stripper is? <laughs> yes, it's a stripper who doesn't have a job. She oh, strips without having a job. She doesn't strip on stage. She strips, you know, alone in, in her apartment or with somebody else. She just doesn't get paid for it. That's all. She's unoccupied. She doesn't have a job. I see. So I, I, I don't know if there's a category um, <laughs> unemployment paperwork for that, but, uh, you know. Well, if there is, then there should be. And uh, if there is, then after this show, I'll come down to your house so we can put one down together. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you I'm are. I'm sure that's going to be possible. But, but perhaps you would like to start the uh, stripper superhighway and, and be an, an information source for, for those folks, uh, you know, providing website links and other important resources for those. No, people. I'll leave that up to the unoccupied strippers to do that. Well, there you go. So uh, let's. Uh, you've got a poem you want to share with us. Yeah, I wrote it about two or three weeks ago as I was walking up and down uh, Sunset Boulevard, and I happened to... I happened upon a sort of a photo shoot there where some famous people were, and I just got up there and got into a bit of a give and take with a photographer. Like, who the hell are you, he told me. I said, I don't know, I'm just an actor, I'm watching. So, and they had some famous actors there, so it was like my first, or actually second, uh, you know, take of what L.A. is kind of about, or at least what Hollywood's all about. So uh, this is what I got out of it. Okay. It's called Sitting on Sunset. I take seat or flight on one of those blue iron monstrosities near Mel's drive-in. I don't know who I am, where I'm going, or how to get out of debt. Like a black flamingo, an anchored eagle, I sit and wait and want. I cried again today, like a rhinoceros on crack, 
and adulterated Elon smack. This poetry, this great, great thing is all I have. I came to town a year ago, needing so much more, wanting so much less. Seven minutes ago, I saw one of those crazy, wild celebrity photo shoots. What with Brittany Snow, whoever she is, and the two actresses, I guess, from Desperate Housewives, which I have never seen, Felicity Huffman and Terry Hatcher. Do I want this kind of life? Flash bulbs and face like pregnant moths, fame in my navel like malignant tar, art, no commerce, fading out. And I sit on sunset giving birth, sit on sunset hoping it will come, sit on sunset t-shirt covering girth, sit on sunset in unliquored mirth and fanciful pandemonium, a sort of gayful glee. Once more, vomit fills my mouth. Once more, I am alone, no friend in sight. Once more, the Y that dots the I is missing. I want New York City in the worst way. Does it want me? Will it be better this time around? Can it be? Living like a king on a budget of string, keeling like an island without zing. What about another wife or that Beverly Hills girlfriend I used to have? Like a wavering muse, she's promised to move in eight times. Where's that family I wanted, those kids I yearned for? Where or where's the Radomir I once knew? Passion over pain, courage over brain, beauty over rain. He's sitting on sunset at 9.33 at night, contemplating fluorescent light. There you have it. That is it. Wow, great, great piece, Radomir. I love your I work. You, you, you've got a great reading style, uh, too. It's, it's really good to hear it. And I... You know the the pleas for New York. I I, I I gather you're moving to New York from L.A. I'm still not sure yet. I'm sitting here trying to decide, and it's very difficult. If I do move, it'll be in the next week or two. But I may stay, uh, give pilot season another shot. You know, come uh, January, and then maybe I'll move uh, in April. But uh, I'm undecided. But I'm leaning towards staying because I it's really taken a lot out of me, and I put a lot into living here and into doing my thing here. And I think I should at least give it a little more chance. You know. Well, it makes sense to me. Wow, this has sort of become the Hollywood edition of the uh, Poetry Superhighway Live. Um, what with uh, Beth Amato uh, making a movie in North Carolina and you referencing sticking around for pilot season, which I assume means that you're an actor and you're trying to get on a pilot and not just that you're looking forward to tuning into the pilots. That's right. No, I'm a SAG equity actor and I've been doing it for over 20 years and I'm trying to get a pilot, be on a pilot, not find a pilot that flies around, but be on a pilot for a TV series or a movie or a TV commercial right now, anything, you know. And that's why I came out to L.A., so I, I think I may give it a little more of a chance, this town. Because this town can rip you to shreds if you let it, but it can also be a great, a great, great place. Well, I think the secret to success in, in L.A. is really just finding a good place to have brunch. <laughs> I thought it was cheese you were after, that Paris cheese, that little French cheese. Is that one of your books is about, cheese in Paris or something? Yeah, my first book is, is Paris, it's the cheese, but but you need to really go to Paris to have the cheese there. You mean there's no L.A. cheese? L.A.'s not known for its cheese, I thought for sure. A little, you know, a little pasteurized here, a little American there. Well, see, those are two words that are the problems with American cheese to begin with, pasteurized and American. <laughs> I mean, you just, you know... No offense to the cheesemakers who might be listening, but uh, actually, I mean, I'm not sure anyone cares about this, but I called my first book Paris, It's the Cheese because um, at, at the time, the California ad campaign from, from the cheesemakers of California was California, It's the Cheese. And then, and then I went on a trip to Paris where I had truly exquisite cheese, and uh, I came back and just felt icky when I saw the the ads that said California, it's the cheese. Um, but that's just a, a, a cheese bias that I have that, that has you know nothing to do with uh, anything important. Well, I guess if you compare the two, I guess Paris always wins. And you're so used to Paris cheese when you're over there that you come back over here and you end up with this uh, excuse for cheese. So there you have it. There you have it. Well, Radomir, um, you, you want to plug anything before I get to the next caller? I've got a uh, comedy performance tonight, stand-up comedy at the Ha Ha Comedy Club out here in North Hollywood, the uh, San Fernando Valley at 8 o'clock. It's on Lancashire and Magnolia. And I'm also supposed to be doing a uh, comedy showcase. I do a lot of stand-up comedy at the Comedy Store. That'll be uh, next Sunday night around 8.30. And it looks like I've got some kind of a poetry feature coming up at the coffee, co it's called the uh, Coffee Junction on Ventura Boulevard in Tarzana, and I believe it will be either December 20th or November 15th. So, uh, uh, and I'm writing, uh, putting together a poetry collection, I'm putting together another, um, uh, like a magazine that I put out called Voices in the Library, 
and I've got a uh, also a poetry contest that I'm uh, hyping. I hyped it on your Cobalt Poets. It's called the Sacred Path. It's the Sacred Path Award that my Radman Productions slash Dancing Sprite Publications is uh, sponsoring. So there's a lot going on, you know. Sounds like it. Is there is there like one website that people can go to to check out this stuff before I? I... Well, they could check out. Uh, Olaf.com slash Radluza. That's O-L-L-A-V dot com slash R-A-D-L-U-Z-A if they want to check some of it out. Excellent. They can email you from there if they want to know more about the contest and that stuff. Uh, not really, but they can email me at R-A-D-L-U-Z-A at SBCGlobal.net. They can email me there, Radluza at SBCGlobal.net. Cool. Well, thank and I want to thank you for doing this. This is great. It not only gives poets and artists in general a chance to flaunt their wares, but also a chance for us to, you know, thank you for all you've done and for just getting your stuff out there. And all the po- artists and poets and everybody who doesn't make a lot of money at this stuff in this town and all over the world need more of this kind of stuff. So I want to thank you, you know, for your years of uh, contributing to the art. I mean, I don't know you that well. I haven't been in L.A. long, but I know that when I was in New York, I looked you up and people out there look you up. And, you know, it's great that there is this kind of a forum for people to talk and for them to get their stuff out there and that uh, poetry is alive and well in Los Angeles. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, I, uh, gosh, people in New York looking me up. I'd, I'd be happy to happy to email anyone my autograph if there's an interest. <laughs> um, uh, oh, your ego, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. Um, I uh, want to thank you for calling in. I'm going to get to the next uh, caller, but I, I loved your poem and uh, much success to you, whether you stay in LA or go back to New York, and with all your endeavors. Thank you very much, Rick. God bless you, and I wish you the best with this. And thank you again. All right, take it easy. Take care. All right, that was uh, Radimir Luza, who's an actor here in uh, Southern California, um, who may or may not be giving it all up and going back to New York. Um, who knows, but he's involved with some uh, some interesting things, and he's got a poetry contest going on as well. So, so check him out for more. Um, I've got a caller from the 503 area code I'm going to put on the air in just a, just a second. So... Um, uh, but first, uh, we've got about 10 minutes uh, left. I don't know if we'll have time for anyone else after that, but please uh, do give it a try, and we'll try to get you on. The number is uh, 646-716-7362. Um, I saw that uh, former featured or poet uh, Ricky Zuckerman was trying to call in, but uh looks like her, uh, she's not online right now, so... Um, uh, Ricky, if you're trying to get in, get, call in again, and I'll, I'll try to get you on the air. We'd love to hear your your work um, live. So, and also you can send me an instant message at um, Rick Poet on uh, AOL. On that's my screen name. So, right now I've got uh, someone from the 503 area code. Are you there? I am. This is Margaret Doran. Hi, Margaret. Hello. I've talked to you before, Rick, but not recently. And I really feel out of place after the next two callers. I am from. Scotts Mills, Oregon, which has a population of 325. <laughs> well, you know it, it, that just you know that just means that you're one end of the sandwich <laughs> of Hollywood because the first caller, of course, was from a small town in Louisiana. So uh, maybe the middle two call maybe Radimir and and Beth now feel completely out of place. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. They're sandwiched. Well, I was actually going to read a couple of poems, and then after your conversation, I thought I should maybe read this really cheesy poem I have about a stripper. <laughs> so I guess it's your choice. <laughs> well, um, you know, I bet we have time for both. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I have one. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that if we just get right on with reading, then that's the best. Yeah, go ahead. Let's Okay. Let's I have one, and, and this was um, started when I took a poet, an advanced poetry class and had to write a sonnet and a sonnet was supposed to be a love poem and I had a very difficult time writing one and this was as close as I got it's called Apology why did you send the roses I received the lovely they remind me of a lie when all around the babies were conceived and you were there without me where was I away from that vile place unholy cell of orgy, lust, and sex, and two of greed, and even I in innocence could smell the aftermath of linens steeped in seed. Then came the blooms. Apology, I guess. But I was none too anxious to forgive. Although you claimed all innocence and less, the flowers themselves proved too provocative. In retrospect, my actions were quite rash. I took them out and stuffed them in the trash. Very nice. 
Now, was that the one about the stripper or not? No. <laughs> do you want the one about the stripper? Well, of course I do. But um, um, so, uh, but I, I was, you know, obviously from the the content from that one, it, you know, it it sounded like you were differentiating the two, you know, uh, that the the stripper one might be a little more saucy, but you know, this one. <laughs> You know, it seems to me, unless I was reading between the lines a little too much, that there was some sauciness there as well. <laughs> there was. <laughs> I actually had a second one I was going to read called Tsunami, which is probably a much better poem than the stripper one, so you choose which one you want. Uh, well, if they're not very long, we might be able to get to, to both. Um, so got about how about one then that's shorter? I have one that's shorter that I wrote just recently. It's called Wishes. Okay. Chubby fingers bearing mini sunshines. My children offered gifts of love. Tucked in my hair, they closed their faces, but I cherished each drooping stem. Left to grow, sunshines become great gray cloud puffs. I would separate a single seed, gently blow it on its way with wishes. I blow the whole feathery orb. Hundreds of gray-winged children sail on my breath to the wind, each bearing a seed and wistful longings. My children sailed forth to root in their own spaces. Their sunshine faces peer from photos, smiling, laughing, joyful, wishes fulfilled. Chubby fingers still offer sunshines. My grandchildren, chains of hand-picked flowers around my neck, after generations, another generation of hopes, the warmth of love spreads. Very nice. Bo- both poems mentioning seed, by the way, that uh, you just read. I know. <laughs> Quite in different ways, context of it. You're correct. <laughs> to some extent, yes. But uh, interesting. T- tell us the town that you live in again. It's called Scotts Mills. Scotts it's Mills in, in what In place? Oregon. It's about halfway between Portland and the capital of Salem and into the foothills of the Cascade Mountains. And do you, are you involved with uh, poetry up there in terms of uh, poetry readings or anything? I would like to be. Um, and actually, my husband and I produce uh, music concerts several a month at a little bitty town called Mount Angel. And we have access to a theater there that I've been thinking about doing poetry readings at. I've contacted a number of poets, and hopefully after the first of the year, we'll get that off the ground. That's great. Have you have you ever done readings or anything? No. Well, it's, it's always interesting. You know, I, I, here in L.A., there's there's a reading, you know, every other block basically. Um, uh, I don't mean to to, to, down, to denigrate them by saying that, but there's there's what I mean to say is there's plenty to do. So it's yeah. always interesting, you know, to meet poets who who don't, I guess, have that world around them. I don't, and I I have thought many times that here I'm in, you know, like the dearth land of of um, anything that's artistic, poetry among them. And it's very difficult to be in a place where you are seemingly completely isolated from other writers and other poets. It makes it a very solitary endeavor and sometimes a very thankless endeavor, but it doesn't mean that you can stop. <laughs> right. Well, you know, sometimes it's that solitude which uh, which creates the writing to some extent, or you need that to make it happen. I, it, uh, it does, really. Uh, for me, I, I, uh, my family sent me on a spiritual retreat a couple of years ago, and I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote for two weeks because there were no expectations. There was no job to rush off to. It was just silence, solitude, and just a beautiful surrounding. Very prolific time of writing for me, whereas the general world rushing off to work and, and uh, family and home and all of those things have rather preclude time to write. Well, yeah, I mean, that is, uh, I mean, it's, I, I just think, and I've said this before, I think even on the last uh, broadcast, I, I just need to, I need to remove myself from my normal element mm-hmm. in order to really write, and whether it's solitude too. or traveling or whatever, but it's, it's when you do that, you sort of become hyper aware of everything because mm-hmm. everything is not normal in your own context, so it just, yeah. it just, it all starts to flow. Well, I, I am uh, rapidly running short of time, so I want to thank you for calling in and sharing your uh, wonderful uh, seed-filled poems with us. And I hope that you, uh, I hope you call in again. I will. All right, thanks for calling. Thank you very much. All right, I want to thank um, everyone, uh, everyone who called in and read. We've um, um, got a little bit less than a minute here, so I just want to close out and um, let you know that our next broadcast of Poetry Superhighway Live will be on October seventh, Sunday, October seventh 
at uh, 2 o'clock p.m., where we'll be announcing the winners of the 10th Annual Poetry Superhighway Contest, which uh, just closed yesterday. We're still uh, scoring poems and and uh, getting the last entry fees in, so definitely tune in for that. Of course, you can get all the news infor- and information you want on the Poetry Superhighway by visiting the website, which is poetrysuperhighway.com. Um, get on our email. Um, we try to keep it chock full of uh, interesting poetry information. Thanks again to everyone who called in. This was a wonderful uh, reading, and uh, looking forward to the next broadcast. Everyone have a wonderful rest of your day.